ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Friday edition. The drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, for this Friday, April 30th show. You can join the program by calling us on the White Claw phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Sounds it is made pure. It is made pure every day. We have got a lot to get into today with you. We're going to we're going to deviate a little bit from what we normally do. First half, we're going to talk a little Marshall. Yesterday was a very busy day, of course, with the Board of Governors. You had the Athletic Committee getting together, and then you had the full body getting together, and there were some things that were going on. It ended up being a little bit more subdued than I thought it was going to be because, of course, we're all waiting right now to see what happens with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. Only Mr. Hamrick and the Board of Governors know what's going to happen. Does he want to have his contract renewed? Do they want to renew his contract? Does he instead want to gracefully exit, move on to other parts of his, his life? Does the board want to see him go? Obviously, no action has been taken. And I was following yesterday because I couldn't be here for the majority of what was happening here, but I was following along, and I want to thank Luke Creasy from Herald Dispatch. Um, Luke has been a really good friend of mine and to the show for a long time now. So I was going back and forth with Luke as he was covering this. He was kind of giving me some insight as well. And if you're not following him on Twitter, he's a good follow. He covers a lot of local sports, and sometimes he gets assignments like this, and he was telling me about what was happening. And, of course, I think what we got here was, of course, you got some good information from Jeff O'Malley about the transfer portal. You, know, you have a few more athletes in the transfer portal than you had the season prior because athletes now see that they have an opportunity to maybe leave, go somewhere else if it didn't work out for them at Marshall or they found a better opportunity or whatever their their opportunities uh, may be elsewhere, or whatever their life situations are. So you got some good information about that. You got some good information from Mike Hamrick about COVID-19. Of course, there are some athletes that maybe don't want to take the vaccination, and that is totally fine. That is their choice. They have to come to this on their own, and until the NCAA makes a ruling, you know, Marshall's not going to say, well, you have to do it. So if the NCAA requires this, then that's going to be a different conversation altogether. But you got some good information from that. And then you found out that there's some ambition behind Dan D'Antoni. And if this is news to you, well, you haven't been paying attention. And, of course, you found out what Charles Huff might want as well. These are some things that they talked about as far as some needs, some wants for the basketball program. And you also found out that there were a couple of contracts, actually four. There were four contracts that the Board of Governors approved. And, of course, that's Charles Huff, your football coach, your football assistant coaches, Tim Cramsey, Lance Gildry, and Tony Kemper. So four contracts approved for those individuals. And Luke 
at this meeting, Luke Creasy again from the Herald Dispatch. Luke reported that per Chris Miller, Marshall Board of Governors Athletic Committee Chair, he said that uh, Mike Hamrick's contract has not come up in any discussions to date. So the chair of the Marshall Board of Governors says, look, it's, it hasn't come up yet. So what are we waiting for? That's the big question. What are we waiting for? What's the holdup here? What do we need to see happen to make this come to reality? Either yes, he's going to be the athletic director, or no, he's not. Right? That's the simple premise here. Yes or no? Is he going to be the athletic director? Is he not? Is the board waiting for Mr. Hamrick to make a a move towards yes or no? Is Mr. Hamrick waiting for the board to make a decision, yes or no? Is it somewhere in between? Is it none of that? We don't know at this moment. So, And that's a question everyone that follows Herd Athletics really close. Not not your average casual Herd fan. They, they just wake up and they know it's game day, want to go see the game, basketball, football. They love the Herd. That's it. Not your casual average fan, but you know, your donors, your boosters, your supporters, people that are close to the program, all of these people want to know what's going on. Of course, all of this comes on the heels of your president, your president of the university saying, look, personal and professional reasons, I'm I'm not going to ask for a renewal on my contract. So I'm going to stay until the end of it sometime next year. We'll see you. It's been great. Love you, Marshall. So all of this was happening yesterday, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm going to have to go back in the studio because our intern was covering yesterday. I could not be here yesterday. If something major would have happened, I would have had to alter everything that was going on, and I would have been here because that would have been a big bomb to drop, and I didn't want to do that to Nick, but Nick Verzellini, our intern yesterday, yesterday was his last day. He's going to be walking across the stage, and I can't wait to see what's next for him, how he has grown as an individual, as an intern, and I'm looking forward to seeing where his career takes him. So I appreciate him yesterday doing the show. And uh, we're going to podcast all of this today and yesterday. We'll get that up on the podcast this weekend. So give me some time to get all of that because he went into some of this as well. But I mean, it was a busy day yesterday. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, we're going to find out. Today's maybe the day we find out. Is Mike Hamrick staying or is he going to go? And so far, it's radio silence. No news is good news, right? Maybe it could be just, all right, they're going to discuss this here at a later date. They pretty much know what's in their minds. They know what's on Mike Hamrick's mind. Maybe it's just, okay, we're going to get this all put together, then we're going to talk about it, and there's really no news. No news. This is not a news event. So that's where we're at with the contract. Nobody knows. I don't know. Maybe some people who are in the inside of the Board of Governors, they know, Big Green maybe, somebody knows. but Or maybe they don't. And maybe they think they know. All I know is uh, we don't have anything official. I can't tell you anything right now. Everything up until an official release, yay or nay, is pure conjecture and speculation on my part. So that's where we're at with Mr. Hamrick. And honestly, I'm going to be quite candid. I'm going to go on record and say this. I might not agree with everything ever from the athletic department, but does anyone ever agree with everything 100% that someone 
or an entity does? No. With that said, I think he's made some really important decisions, and I think he has moved the program forward, and I'm talking the entire athletic department. Now, I'm not talking football. I'm not going to be that myopic. Yeah, There's some facility work that still needs to be done. And trust me, Dan D'Antoni has a shopping list for you. He has a list. Anyone who will listen, he's got a list, and we're going to talk about that. There's some things to be done. you got the indoor facility. Not many institutions have that, so Marshall's got a leg up right now on, on several institutions. You've got a brand-new soccer complex. and It's paid off on the men's side. You've got some other improvements that have happened throughout the, the course of Mike's tenure. And so he's definitely someone who has pushed the he's pushed it forward. The athletic department is probably in better shape. Is that fair to say? I think better shape. And if he gets the uh, opportunity to continue, I'm all for that. I like Mike Hamrick. I'm going to say that. I'm going to put that on record. I like Mike Hamrick. I don't know if he likes me. I don't know if he just tolerates me. I don't know if he if he thinks yeah, that guy can't stand him. I don't know. And honestly, I don't care. I like Mike Hamrick. So put me, uh, you know, hashtag Team Hamrick here for me. I like Mike Hamrick. And I hope that he gets to continue to do whatever he wants to do. Whatever it is, I hope it's his decision and I hope he gets the opportunity to continue. If he wants to be the leader of Marshall's athletic department, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be. And you can argue about coaching decisions. You can argue about all of that. Nobody's going to hit a home run every time at bat. Plain and simple. I'm not going to hold anything against him. Tom Herrian, I thought, was a good hire at the time. Didn't work out. He corrected that. Then he got Dan D'Antoni. It's worked out for you, hasn't it? Yes. Uh, honestly, I like Doc Holliday. I like Charles Huff. And Doc's gone, so it's Coach Huff now, and I'm not going to compare the two, and I'm not going to say anything about I miss Doc, but I like Coach Huff, and that's where we're at. That's our situation. So I'm moving forward on all of that. But there are some things that Coach Huff would like to have at Marshall. There are some things that Coach D'Antoni would like to have at Marshall. So we're going to talk about that next break. Uh, we also have high school basketball action. I'll just tell you about it. Huntington High taking up Morgantown girls basketball action. That's coming up 5.30 tonight from the Capitol. You can go to wvmetronews.com to follow along there. Also, George Washington and Cabell Midland. That's coming up 9 o'clock as well. You can go to wvmetronews.com, follow all the girls basketball action there. And we've got Pirates baseball coming up tonight. 6-10, taking on St. Louis. So we've got baseball action. That's coming up this weekend, starting with tonight. 6-10 right here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. When we continue, we're going to talk a little bit about what Coach Huff would like to see for the football program, what Dan D'Antoni would like to see from the football program. And later on, the second half of the show, Jason Toy, who has been covering racing of some sort, his entire life, even as he was probably a six-month-year-old child, he was probably covering the hot wheel races in his neighborhood. Um, the Kentucky Derby is coming up tomorrow, and 
He's going to talk to us about that. Uh, he's got a couple of uh, things he wants to share with us, so we're going to hear all of that. Second half of the show, I'm just basically going to turn it over to Jason Toy. When we continue, we're going to talk more Marshall with you here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, April 30th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Still to come, uh, we're going to hear from Jason Toy. He's been hanging out with Scotty Martin all this week. They've been part of the Kentucky Derby Festival. It's been very interesting. Usually that's an in-person event. We send Jason out every year to cover it. That means he gets to go out and, and meet famous people. He gets to, of course... I think the real reason why is because it's racing for one, and also Jason gets an opportunity to, um, well, they're very fond of certain beverages in Kentucky during the Derby. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But Jason's been hanging out with uh, Scotty Martin, and they've been doing the Kentucky Derby Festival. uh, And they've been doing the morning line. So it's a virtual event. Jason uh, had an opportunity to catch up with uh, some really interesting people. We're going to share that with you here uh, in the next few minutes. But... As I mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we heard yesterday. And Dan D'Antoni, probably with the most interesting request or the wish list, Dan D'Antoni has pointed out time and time again, hey, look, there's some things going on here at the Cam Henderson Center. This thing is old. It's aging. It needs to be replaced, it needs to be upgraded, replace combination of both, upgrade what you can now, replace it later. But he put this out here yesterday, and some of us thought, that's nice, Dan. Uh, I don't see that happening, but that's awful nice. And I, and I said to myself, who's going to pay for this? But he mentioned that, look, we have an aging arena, he said. He said he wanted to See, Marshall, or at least he wants to see built a new arena that seats 8,500. He wants to see it on Hal Greer Boulevard. So, wants to have a Hal Greer Boulevard arena. Symbolic there because it would be on Hal Greer Boulevard. And I can see why you would select that. Uh, says the new arena is a long-term goal. Okay, and that's obvious right there. He knows that. He knows that right now... The checkbooks aren't going to be open to say, here you go, Dan, here's an unlimited amount of money, and we will give you all you need. That's not happening tomorrow. But he knows it's a long-term goal, and he probably raised some eyebrows when he said that. He was talking about creating an environment, and again, I was uh, listening to a little bit of this, and I was going back and forth yesterday with Luke Creasy from the Huntington Herald-Dispatch about what was going on, and he was relaying some of the details, and, of course, he was tweeting some of the stuff out as well. But Dan was talking about creating an environment in the basketball program. He wants to see something that allows the community to really get behind it, really take ownership, have it be something that's a major point of pride for the university, for for the community. I mean, Dan remembers a golden age of her basketball. He remember he was there when it didn't matter if you were a power five school or you were a power conference or not. If, if you 
were able to have a really good basketball program, the community would get behind it and you could possibly play for championships. So he remembers that. And he wants to see Marshall basketball be like some of these programs that, well, not necessarily have football or they're really not football-centric schools. Gonzaga comes to mind. And other programs of the like. I mean, you have an entire conference of programs like that. The Big East. You want to see Marshall basketball do well. And Dan pointed out, he he said that we can't have a ninth-place budget and generate first-place wins. Talking about, of course, the budget, where Marshall ranks in, in the grand scheme of things here. And I understand all of that. You... You can't have a less than adequate budget. I don't know if you need the the top budget, but you need an adequate budget or at least a comparable budget to those that you're competing with, if that's your goal. And he wants a a new arena. He wants, here's some things he wants. He wants practice courts. He wants a weight room. He wants a medical area. He would like a restaurant that serves the athletes and Here's Dan always wanting to take advantage of things. That restaurant would also be open to the public. Parking. That's a, that's a big issue, right? You want parking. So you would have parking. You would have outdoor courts around the facility. And he also mentioned you'd have 20 townhouses, and that would house athletes. And all of this would be privately built, and the athletes would pay rent. This is basically, this would be like an athletic village. Am I getting that? And he would like to see all of this. Basically, he wants to see a major investment in basketball. And for a lot of Herd fans, you're like, yes, bring that on. We want to see that here. Why can't we be like Gonzaga? Why can't we be like some of these programs where they – compete every year for a national championship and they're not a they're not in a power conference they're not a power sports league like the ACC or the SEC or the Big 10 or the Big 12 so that's Dan he really raised some eyebrows yesterday I don't know if this is ever going to happen to be honest with you I don't know first of all it would be nice to see 8500 fans on average, at the Henderson Center. You can build an arena that seats 8,500, but can you fill an arena that seats 8,500? I I like where he's going. It would be modern. It would be intimate. Fans will be on top of you, I'm sure. I mean, honestly, he was, and he was really pretty candid you see, you see the, the Henderson Center. It, it. I, I don't know. I don't know if this building ever, ever was sensible before the budget cuts. But he talked about where Herd Heaven used to be. It's got that Dutch Miller sign up there now. You know what I'm talking about, right? Those parts of the arena that you need to be a professional mountain climber to to reach. Um, he called it hurt hell because it's hell to get up there, he said. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, um, that one I agree with you 100%, Coach. I'm not going to argue there because the the incline is, is terrible. 
I don't know if you could gut that bowl again and just redo it or reseed it, change the incline. I don't know what you'd have to do. I really don't know if you would be able to do something like that uh, in the Henderson Center. But he's right. He is right. But 8,500. And maybe that's a reason why if you're not sitting in the lower bowl and you're really wanting to see the game and you think, okay, the only place I can sit up there and those bleachers, uh, I'll stay at home and I'll watch it on ESPN+. Plus. I'm good. So that's Dan. And then Coach Huff. Here's what Coach Huff had to say. Focusing on some really interesting things. I mean, I think a lot of this is doable. He wants to implement mental health programs for football players. Uh, and again, I was talking to Luke Creasy from the Herald-Dispatch. Uh, he was uh, doing a lot of the initial groundwork on reporting all of this. And Luke was telling me, and he also reported, that Coach Huff said that students are dealing with a variety of problems. They've got two counselors. Need more. Need more counselors. Need more to accommodate. And he used UAB in South Florida as example program. So he's got an... He's got a basis. He's got an idea. I think that could be doable. That completely can be doable. And the mental health of football players, mental health of basketball players, mental health of all student athletes, mental health of the athletic department, mental health of the broadcasters and the newspaper writers and the media that covers, throw that in for us, Coach. We need that. Throw the mental health in for, for everything. Because it's been a tough year. But, no, I get where he's going with that. It's a very important subject. You, you, need, to, you need to take care of the, the, the health and well-being physically and mentally. And that's, that's, that's needed. Now, he mentioned a grass practice field. Needs, needs a grass practice field. He points out Marshall practices on turf. And that's because the stadium, it's turf. The practice facility, the indoor facility, it's turf. Don't have a grass field to practice on. And he referenced the soccer team. He said, our soccer team is better than our football team right now. He said, I'll say it. They're damn good. And they don't play on turf all the time. Said that two grass fields for practice could be built behind the softball fields. Okay. There's um, something that could be doable. But I, I don't know if... I don't know the ratio here of turf to grass and, and the practice time between turf and grass. I don't know how much that has an impact. I will leave that to coaches and I'll leave that to different uh, experts in that field. And so these are some things that he's mentioning that he wants, but I think the big eyebrow razor is the fact that Coach D was saying, look, arena, brand new, all these amenities, long-term plan here, Hauger Boulevard, let's make that happen. And he's putting it out there. He's like, he's basically saying, let's let's shoot for this. Here's the thing. Uh, if I'm a herd fan, I'm in probably two camps. One, that's a great idea, coach. Let's get that built. Or can we build the baseball park first? It might be a variation of those two. There could be maybe some little 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 camps surrounding those camps, but you're probably in two big camps. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's build that. Let's do that. Let's get that baseball park built first. That's where we're at with all of this. We have got more to tell you about. When we continue, I'm going to turn things over to Jason Toy. 
He's been pretty busy this week covering the Kentucky Derby. Derby Festival, that's something that uh, happens every year. The Kentucky Derby is coming up tomorrow. So Jason, he's going to join us on the program. When we continue, uh, we're going to hear his conversation with Gene McLean. He is from the Press Box. Gene, a longtime award winner, writer, or the Lexington Herald leader. He covers the Derby probably better than almost anybody. We'll hear from him and Jason when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Kentucky Derby's coming up tomorrow. We're starting to get back to normal. Restrictions are being lifted slowly. And we couldn't send Jason Toy and Scotty Martin. They've covered it for a few years now for us. Every year, they've been a part of this Kentucky Derby Festival. They've been a part of that morning line. And it had to be a virtual event this year. So earlier this week, Jason and Scotty had a chance to catch up with Gene McLean. He is from the Press Box. Gene, a longtime award winner. He is uh, written for the Lexington Herald Leader. He has uh, been covering the Derby for a long time. He's regarded as probably the Derby's leading handicapper, or at least among them. And Jason and Scotty, along with Gene, get us up to speed on the horses to watch for in tomorrow's run for the Roses. All right, getting ready for the big race coming up this weekend. And, uh, Scotty, I couldn't think of a better guy to, uh, to join us than the guy that can tell us who the winning horse is going to be because we go on every word he says. Gene McLean from the Press Box is here with us. And, uh, no, Gene, I, I tell you what, you got uh, one of the great deals of uh, trying to figure out who's going to do well in this thing and who to kind of stay away from this race. How you been, Gene? I'm doing great, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, it's been a... Um, been a reunion over the last few years, catching back up with my friends in Ashland and uh, particularly uh, Scott Martin and the Martin family. And uh, just uh, just uh, so proud of uh, the accomplishment that you guys have done up there in Ashland. And, and uh, man, what a basketball season you all had this year, too. Hey, you know, it was a good basketball season. What a bad football season. They all got their rings this week, this past well, weekend. You know, it's always been a great sports town. There's no doubt about it. Great heritage, uh, great players, and great people. Yeah, man, we uh, we dig this little place in the in, in the world, and uh, and and you're a big part of, of sports, not only in Kentucky but everywhere. But I tell you, you know, my brother doesn't go on and on about uh, sports writers much, but in the case of Gene McLean, he does. I know you guys are buddies, but it, it's just. It's just so good, a that you'll claim him, and b that we've uh, we've developed a great friendship over over the years. But uh, but here we are heading into the Derby. I guess the good news it's not fall. We're actually going to be at Churchill. You know, right. forty five thousand. Yeah. That's better than none. So are are you excited about it? Is is there some apprehension going into it? How we feeling, G? Well, you know, Sky, I think that the um, the big thing is is we're is we're coming out of this thing and. And, and, you know, more and more people are getting the vaccinations and, and doing the right things. And, and, and you know, I mean, uh, I was at an event last night and it was so, um, uh, I know, encouraging and rewarding and fun because that's what Kentucky and Kentuckians are all about. Uh, if you can't get excited in this Commonwealth on Derby Week, they may they better all check your pulse. But, you know, uh, you know particularly this year, um, it's fun seeing people. Uh, I mean, we are a people who socialize and we're friends and we have a good time. 
and we enjoy each other's company. And that's why people love coming to our state. And uh, and this event in particular embraces all of those emotions. And we're going to be back. And, yeah. you know, maybe not back 100%, but I'll, I'll take what we got and build on it. And because um, we're coming back. We're coming out of this thing, Scotty. Absolutely. Absolutely, Gene. You know, Gene, I was going to say, let's talk about the race a little bit, and we run for the Roses on yep. uh, on Saturday. You know, when you look at things, uh, Sons of Tappet, you know, he's one of the great sires, but his his lineage has not done too well. So what's it going to take for that to happen here this week, with, especially with essential quality? Well, you know, um, they, they, uh, the thing about um, Tappet is, is one of the best sires um, in the history of the sport. And but and I understand that you know exactly what you're saying. He's over, uh, I think, eleven or, or twelve or horses that have been in the Derby in the past. Um, however, the average odds of those horses is about eighteen to one, and so that means none of his sons have been uh, going into the races either favorites, prohibited favorites, or even marginally uh, considered as can, um, with legitimate shots. So um, I give the horse um, the benefit of the doubt. I think he he's, can produce a horse that can go a, a route of ground, which the Derby obviously is, uh, a mile and a quarter. And, they're, you know, the sons of, of Tappet um, uh, have traditionally been a little bit um, later developers. But when, they, when the light bulb goes off, they become really good developers. And so I think the light went off in this horse a little bit earlier than most. And, you know, he was undefeated uh, champion two-year-old a year ago. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, he's come right back as a three-year-old. He's undefeated going into this race. Uh, he's done nothing wrong, and, and really they tested his. You know, I always thought he had the talent and the mentality and the ability. But in the Toyota Bluegrass, they tested his courage and his guts. And he found another gear. He found that fortitude. And, and, and you know, it, I don't care what sport you play. Eventually, they're going to test you. They're going to yeah. give you that gut check. And, it, you know, the, the, the really good ones respond when it's time to respond. And this guy's really good. He's really good. That's, that, that's, that's good to hear because, you know, we, we have a lot of people talking about a lot of horses. We, you know, we always ask as we're interviewing people this week and last week, who do you like? Well, a lot of people say Midnight Bourbon, but that's just because we're from Kentucky. We like saying Midnight Bourbon. We, we think that's a good idea. But uh, but but Midnight Bourbon, and, and he's not a, a true long shot. He's he's. Uh, there are others. Who el- who else do you like in this? Who who do we need to box with? What 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 do we need to look at, Gene? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, and, and I understand what you're saying, Scotty. He, you know, we're always a shopping for value, and and you know and. <laughs> Um, you know, we love we love uh, uh, horses that that kind of play to that underdog card. And 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 you mentioned Midnight Bourbon. I think Midnight Bourbon actually has a shot um, if he can get over his um, his uh, idiosyncrasies. If you been keeping up at all this week, <laughs> he got yeah. loose yeah. Uh, from his uh, handlers as groom, and, and when he was getting his bath, and took off in the in the um, in the barn area, and they had to catch him. And then um, uh, Steve Asmussen, who's a Hall of Fame trainer, had to take over. They tried to school him in the paddock a couple of days, and 
man, he, he's feeling good. I'll give him that. And so I, I think he's got a legitimate shot. Here's how I've handicapped the race. I think essential quality is the horse to beat. But in a 20-horse field, it, anything can happen. Uh, the horses that I like going with him, is, and, and I really love highly motivated, who ran a huge race in the bluegrass. He was second. Trained by Chad Brown. This horse, um, I thought, ran a huge race, but is sitting on an even bigger race. Uh, so a highly motivated, I think, could run a big one. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie, who won the Louisiana Derby, uh, has been a different horse since getting blinkers about three starts ago, four starts ago. Yeah. And, and so I love uh, the way he's he's um, really rounded into form during his three-year-old year. And I think he's coming out of a very good race as well. And then Midnight Bourbon is my fourth horse. Uh, that I'm going to utilize. But those are uh, my top four, Scotty. Everybody in the world just pulled over and wrote on something <laughs> in their car, Gene. <laughs> Let's, Let's hope they pulled over. <laughs> Jay McLean is here with us from the press box getting ready for the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. And, Gene, uh, before we uh, we let you go here, I know you you got uh, a bunch going on today. What's going on with the press box? Can folks check out there? Yeah, you know, uh, this is our fifth, sixth year that we've been uh, plugging along. Um, the press box at lts.com. Um, the good thing about the press box is we now have the LTS, which is the Louisville Thoroughbred Society. And yeah. Scotty and, and, and Jace, you got to get down and see it. You've got it. I mean, I'll be offended if you don't, uh, but it's a private membership club in downtown Louisville dedicated to uh, uh, the horse and the, the industry and. And uh, but you don't have to be in the business or the industry to come in and enjoy and have a great time. It's right on Main Street in downtown Louisville. Uh, you'll notice the building because we got six jockeys on, out on the ledge uh, overlooking yeah. downtown uh, Louisville. And um, it, it was a historic building we remodeled, and it's really turned out to be a kind of a show place. And I'm very proud of it. It's, it's been five years in the making, and uh, you guys have got to come see me. And you got to uh, uh, just plan on spending the night because we're going to have us a good time. You got it. <laughs> sold, <laughs> sold. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like my mama said, Scotty, I can resist anything but temptation. Gene <laughs> <So>, um, <laughs> McLean from the Press Box, folks. You can check it out again. Uh, the, prex, the, the Press Box, LTS.com. And, Gene, have a great derby. Hopefully uh, you can uh, kind of get back to some semblance of normalcy here this weekend as you get a little bit more fans back into it. But we're looking at 2022 so we can all get back together. Exactly. And when we stand and sing that song, um, let's do it with a little bit of uh, remembrance and yeah. but also with a little bit of uh, look for the future. We've, we've lost a lot of Kentuckians, um, yeah. but we're going to come out of this thing a better place. Yes, we are, buddy. Yes, we are. Thank you, Gene. All right, there's Scotty Martin and our very own Jason Toy talking to uh, Gene McLean uh, from the press box. When we continue... Uh, we're going to hear from Jason and Scotty. They had a chance to uh, talk to uh, some very important people uh, in the Louisville and Churchill Downs area. One of those people, Brad Estes, president of the Louisville City FC and Racing Louisville FC. We'll talk to those gentlemen when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
We want to thank White Claw for sponsoring our phone lines every day. 877-420-TALK is when you join the program. You are doing it through the White Claw phone lines. White Claw Heart Seltzer, it is made pure. Uh, We've been hanging out with Jason Toy. He's uh, basically our go-to guy for anything and everything. Racing, of course, works at MRN. He covers racing. I've been doing it since birth, just about, and he's been part of the morning line at the Kentucky Derby Festival. They had a chance to sit down with some really, let's put it this way. Um, They've been talking to very prominent leaders in the Louisville and Churchill Downs area. The Kentucky Derby's coming up tomorrow, and one of those people they had a chance to catch up with was Brad Estes. He is the president of Louisville City FC and Racing Louisville FC. The USL Championship Club has a new state-of-the-art stadium, and they are really trying to grow and trying to be proactive. And something you might not remember about Brad, he's a 2002 Marshall University graduate and a member of the Marshall football program. He played under Bob Pruitt, and here he is with Jason and Scott. All right, we continue to get you ready for the big race on Saturday in Louisville. Of course, talking about the Kentucky Derby and other big things have been happening in the city of Louisville as well, and that's soccer. Louisville, uh, Louisville City FC continues to to grow and grow. Butch Estes, or Butch Estes, Brad Estes joins us now. I do know a Butch Estes, by the way. Brad Estes here with us, <laughs> along with uh, Scott. I'd Martin like to as well. adopt that as a nickname. That's perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have a new alien, <laughs> old radio play by play guy in the old Southern conference days uh anyway um brad let's talk about uh louisville city fc you guys continuing to grow that nice looking new stadium you guys have it's a lot of excitement surrounding this program as it continues to grow absolutely yeah i mean we we feel very fortunate to be where we are six seasons in we have this beautiful new building Uh, had a fantastic uh team every year you know every year we've we've been in existence we've been to our to the conference finals and uh we've won two championships we're just we feel really fortunate and it, it's fun to watch things in Louisville grow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jason. Yeah, it's ahead. fun to watch things in Louisville grow. And, man, you guys have taken that to heart, Brad. I mean, uh, we, you know, when we first started coming down to do Derby Festival 20-some years ago, Churchill Downs, uh, a shadow of, of, of what it is now. It's amazing. Now, you, you've taken that same applied uh, applied it to soccer. You just keep growing it. And like you said, you got some strength there on the field. Absolutely. So, you know, our ownership had a bit of a different vision um, we've seen some flash in the pan professional sports come and go in Louisville, um, and we wanted this to have some staying power. And so, you know, we feel like we've done a pretty good job of that, and, and we have to give all the credit to the, to the fans and to the, to the community for supporting us. Um, you know, but, but, we, but they wouldn't be probably as engaged if we didn't have the, the great play on the field, so our players and coaches get a ton of credit as well. But, you know, th- thanks to their performance, we've got this new building, Lynn Family Stadium, We've been able to welcome a new uh, professional women's franchise called Racing Louisville FC, um, which is playing at the top tier of, of women's professional soccer in this country. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of an embarrassment of riches um, and, and feel like it's been a perfect storm for soccer in the last six years. Well, Brad, let's not only talk about your, your, uh, your men's team. You've got a ladies team as well that uh, is kind of new to the scene a little bit. Louisville Racing FC, right? Or is it Racing Louisville FC? How do I, how do I phrase it right? It's, yeah, it's, it's Racing Louisville FC. Um, yeah, coming from Butch here. Um, Racing Louisville <laughs> FC. Um, no, no, it's just perfect. I love it. Um, yeah, so we, Racing Louisville, is. It's a, we're in our first season um, in the NWSL. We're playing in what we call the Challenge Cup right now, which is a preseason tournament um, that, that was really born out of COVID. 
Um, and so we're, we're looking at it as kind of an extended preseason as, as our team comes together. Um, we've been just ecstatic with the way that the team has formed. Um, as you know, in any, in any sport, when you go through expansion, it's challenging um, because you're piecing together a team from, from other teams. And, and we are bringing in a couple of, of players uh, from Europe that we're really excited about when their season ends you know, in the next couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, professional soccer is, is alive and well here in Louisville on the men's and the women's side. Now, you-, you know, Brad, here, Go ahead, Scotty. Here, here's the thing. As, as, we, uh, as we talk about uh, getting our fans from the tri-state region uh, to come to Louisville to watch soccer, they need to know, and, and you and I were talking about this just before you went, we, we came on the air, you graduated from, uh, from St. Xavier, but you, you came to Marshall University, uh, played for the Thundering Herd, or as, as you said earlier, spent a lot of time at St. Mary's, maybe. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you, you're a part, you know, once a part of the herd, always a part of the herd. So uh, to your family, man, that's how it works here. Absolutely. I think in 1996, I led the conference in shoulder surgeries. Um, and uh, I'm not sure I'm real proud of that. But, um, but you know, we, we had a great time uh, at Marshall. I, I love being there. So I have some very close friends um, from those days. And it was a great time to be a part of the Thundering Herd with, with Randy Moss and Chad Pennington and Byron Leftwich and all those guys. It was it was fantastic. Um, yeah, so, so, so we love, we love the tri-state area. Um, and what I would, I would encourage people to make the trip. Um, if you've never been to a professional soccer match, it's a completely different experience than anything you've ever been to. It's, you know, the fans are, are literally, they, they bring drums into the stadium. They're beating drums. They're singing the whole time. When we score a goal, they're lighting off smoke bombs. And it's just a completely different atmosphere. It's fantastic. Now, Brad, one of the things uh, with you guys, it's you guys are the, not the MLS, but you're, you're the, the next level down. And a lot of times we see teams make that jump up. Is that the ultimate goal for you guys to, to move up to the top level of the of professional soccer in the United States? Yeah, so for us, it, it, from the very beginning, the, the it's been all about getting to this point, which is to say that we needed to get into our own stadium. Um, that's where you can create a sustainable business model and you know when you have all the revenue streams of, of building your own building. And so what we're going to do over the next, I would say, 12 months is, is reevaluate our strategic plan. Um, we'll see what makes sense for us. So we're, uh, we, the ultimate answer is we don't know at this point because we haven't asked ourselves the question. Um, and so, we, 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 but we need to do that. We need to ask ourselves that question and see: Do, do we want to try to make a push for the MLS, or do we want to stay in the USL? You know, we have a fantastic uh, business model right now in the USL. We love the league. There's definitely pros and cons to to being um, in MLS, and you know, in the USL, you know, we're an independent club. We run our own business. We do what we want to do when we want to do it. Um, when you go into the MLS, it's a little bit different. You you own a piece of the league. Um, as opposed to really even owning your own club, you don't own your own trademarks or anything like that. It's just a, it's just a little bit different. So, um, like I said, pros and cons to both. And but we love where we are in USL. Brad Estes is here with us, of course, from uh, Louisville City FC and a Marshall University guy as well, playing football. And I, I think when you were here, I was doing the radio and TV stuff for you guys. Um, I still do some stuff with Marshall here, but uh, when you look at Marshall University now, obviously football wise, continuing to you know with the new era now with coach charlie huff but look at marshall soccer now with what they have done you know that new facility uh that the uh, the hoops uh, soccer facility there 
and they're you know they're ranked nationally now as well. I'm sure you can be pretty proud of the of the soccer program they built here. Hundred percent, hundred percent. In fact, my cousin played um, while I was there, and, and that was really my first uh, look into soccer. Kind of got me interested in it. Um, but we're very proud of everything at Marshall University. Really, I mean, when when I got there in 1996, it was a much different place than it is now. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think like with most schools that grow, I think a lot of it has to do with the athletics. Um, the Randy Moss effect, I think, is what they called it back in the day. But it's not just Randy. It's all it's all the athletes that have come through there that have helped to grow it. And, of course, it's a fantastic academic institution as well. Um, but, but, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's great to say um, that, that I graduated from Marshall University. What's Derby Day going to be like for you? Derby Day, I'm going to be at the lake. Uh, I'm going down to Lake Cumberland and a uh, little R&R. Um, it's one of the only weekends we don't have a match, and so we're going to – we're going to do a little R&R down at the lake and, and uh, just kind of relax a little bit. All right, congratulations on everything, Brad. Just get your best place before yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, got, I've got my TVG account. Don't worry. I'll, I'll be active on the phone, that's for sure, with my donation. Hey, <laughs> that's what we always consider. It's a donation. Hey, Brad, we appreciate it, sir. Congratulations on everything. Looking to continue to grow big things with uh, Louisville City FC and, of course, your, your ladies' side of things as well, too. So congratulations on it all, and go herd. Thank you very much. We really appreciate the time. Take care. All right, that's Jason Toy, uh, again, covering racing and covering any form of competition around a circle since childbirth. Appreciate him, and of course, hopefully we can get him out to Derby Days next year. We're going to have to actually get him out to the Derby itself. Just keep him there all week. He can cover the Derby for us next year. Looking forward to that's coming up tomorrow. And of course, we've got Pirates baseball coming up tonight. Coming up. At 6.10, it's going to be Pittsburgh taking on St. Louis over on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. Day two of the NFL draft. Will the Bengals draft someone to protect Joe Burrow? Will the Bengals pick up a line of athletes that will protect Joe Burrow so he can throw it to Jamar Chase, the first-round draft pick, number five for the Cincinnati Bengals. They go with the wide receiver instead of someone that could possibly keep Joe Burrow upright. That's going to do it for this edition. Don't forget, we have got baseball coming up next. We have got draft action on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. Have a great weekend, everyone. I will talk to you on Monday. Pittsburgh Pirates Baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.